let's do a case study today and talk about people that actually exist, what they're going to do, and what is probably going to be the outcome for them and how long of a period of time. So we have Millie and Jim. Between them, they make about $100,000 a year, maybe a little bit more. They have about $20,000 in the bank, and they have the ability to make payments of about $1,000 a month, depending on what they're doing. That would be the max. So the first thing I told them was that based on their ages, they're 30 and they're 31 years old, that David Schaefer said that for $500 a month, they will get at age 60 and 61 of tax-free income of about $100,000 to $110,000 a year till they're 90. Again, that's tax-free. Now, they live in California, and to get $100,000 a year after tax in California, and remember, they're going to be retired when they do this. So they won't have deductions for kids. The IRS hasn't given us deductions for grandkids yet, so that's off the table. They will have paid off their house, at least most people try to, right? They really don't have any tax shelter whatsoever. At least we have to look at it the way it is now and project that to be the case 30 years from now. Which means that if they wanted to get that 100000 plus after tax, they would have to make somewhere between 135 and 155000 gross. Well, this will get them $100,000 to $110,000 tax-free for the first 30 years of retirement. That won't include any note investments they might make. It doesn't include anything they've done in their IRA or 401k, or maybe they have a small business later in life and they have a solo 401k. We'll talk about that in another uh, time. But the bottom line is, what this will do is we'll give them a base retirement income over and above anything else of around $8,500 to $9,000 a month, all of which, again, by Internal Revenue Code definition, is tax-free. Now, what they can do over time is that they're going to be like everybody else. They're going to start a family. They've already got a house. They've, they've only had it for less than three years. They're making those payments. They can grow a family in there before they decide to move on. What they're going to do is they're going to save their money. Now let's fast forward 10 years. They've got two or three kids. They're feeling a little cramped. They're in a three-bedroom, but it's a small three-bedroom. They've got two baths, but again, it's small. And they want to move to a little bit more square footage. Now, Jim's making a lot more money than he was. Molly quit her job, and she's using her degree in, in child care that she got at in college to open up a home-based business of taking care of kids. Now, between them, remember, they're 40 and 41 now. They're doing 
around one hundred and thirty to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. He's been saving, saving, saving. They established both of them Roth IRAs back when they first met me when they were thirty and thirty-one. They don't have an employer-based four hundred one k between them. They got rid of that. You know how I know they got rid of it? Because that's the way Jim financed the down payment for their house a decade earlier. All right? So for 10 years, they've been averaging $11,000 split equally between each of them, self-directed Roth IRA. And over 10 years, they each have over fifty-five grand, about $55,000. They're not accredited investors, so they just buy discounted notes outside of my fund. And they both own two notes in their IRA. And those two notes are making them about five or six hundred a month that go to their IRAs each month separately, never to be taxed. So they've got that going for them. The only real estate they have is the house they've been living in. But Jim and Molly have been very seriously and with great motivation paying down that loan with extra money every month. Now the house that they paid under three fifty is now worth about five hundred thousand dollars. It hasn't gone up like most people think Southern California does, but a decade's a long time. And besides, they've paid down their original loan. Of over three hundred and thirty thousand, they only owe right now about a hundred and fifty. By the time they sell their property, pay all the closing costs, pay off the hundred and fifty, they're going to have about three hundred and twenty or thirty thousand in cash. Now they're going to get Molly a, a two or three year old used car with twenty or thirty of it, so they're going to keep three hundred of it. And they're going to figure out from that that they're going to take 200 of it to put as down payment and closing on the bigger house they're buying. Now, as they do that, they know that their payments are going to go up a little bit, but he's already making four figures more per month than when he started by about maybe 1,200, okay? Her home-based business is all free and clear stuff. By the time she set up her home-based business and got it going full blast in a year or two, she stopped giving to her Roth IRA and started giving over the $5,500 to her new solo 401k because she's a small business owner. And a solo 401k was created specifically for small business owners. So she takes everything over 5500 which in her case is 5500 from 175 She can take $12,000 a year after tax and put that into her solo 401k on the Roth side. And yes, a solo 401k has both sides, a Roth and traditional side. But she knows never to mess with the traditional side because she wants her retirement income Whatever it is that generates when she retires at 60 from that Roth side to be tax-free. She doesn't want it to be taxed. So what 
what she does is she puts in 12,000. Now her business, even though it makes about 50, 55, 60,000 a year, really only nets her around 3,000 a month, about $36,000. That's her net. So she gives a total of 17,5 to to various two Roth accounts. She still has her 5,500 a year going to her Roth IRA, and she has the balance of the 17,5 allowable maximum contribution going to the solo. So there you get your 17,5. However, she's allowed to take profit sharing of up to $9,000, maybe more, but we're just going to say nine, into her solo. Now she has to pay taxes on that. That's not after tax. So that 9,000, now she's put in a total of 17,500 and another nine, 26,500. Because they have savings, because they live frugally, every year, most every year, some years cost more than others, life happens. Again, that's why we have the bumper sticker, right? They can take whatever's not invested in her solo and the, the Roth IRA, and they can put in up to 51,000 total of all contributions into her solo on the Roth side. But they can't put in 51 if she only made 36. So she's put in 26.5. She's got another 9,500. They can afford it from savings most years. She puts it in. Can you see how this is going to grow like crazy? Now her, her solo 401k Roth is buying notes, just like both of their Roth IRAs are buying notes over and over. So every single year between the two of them, let's recount the math of how many notes they're buying and what, what amounts and what values. Every year they're putting in 11,000 into their IRAs. That's the most they can put, 5,500 apiece. Every year she's putting no less than 25,000 total into her solo 401k Roth. Sometimes more, let's just count to 20. So between them, they're doing $31,000 a year, which buys at least a note every year, year in and year out. Those three Roth entities are developing payments every year that go up every year because every year they're buying more notes. More notes mean more payments. They're getting up to the point by around their fifth year where they have bought literally over $100,000 in purchase price and they're making, who knows by then, $1,013, probably no more than $1,500 a month in payments, none of which is being taxed. By their fifth year, every year, their payments are buying a note. Can you see how this is multiplying? So here's what happens. They're going to do this till they're 59 and a half. Now it turns out for them, they're really only going to do her business for 20 years until she's 50 because she ended up getting tired of the childcare as much as she loved kids. She said, enough is enough. And she's, she sold her business for not very much because most people pick their child care by the nanny, right? They don't pick it by the brand name. 
So she made a little bit of money and she kept it for herself and they bought whatever they bought, okay? Here's the bottom line. When they bought the new house using 200 of their 300 from the sale, they didn't owe any taxes because they'd lived in that house for 10 years and it wasn't subject to taxes. They took the 100,000 and they bought, when they were 40 and 41, a duplex in Texas. So now they had a separate investment in real estate. They had three entities that had been buying notes, all of it tax-free from every viewpoint, going in, making profits, getting interest payments, and coming out. None of it taxed because the money that went in had already been taxed before it went in. So now they pay off that duplex, and they paid off that duplex in 10 years or less. The same way they knocked that loan on their first house. Okay? Not rocket science. What they did now, they're 50. They've got 10 years before they want to retire. They paid that at 50 years old, they refied that house, that, that duplex, and they took out $210,000 cash. Well, why would you do that, Jeff? And you've not got to know, Jeff, the interest rates weren't five like they were when they started. Let's say they're seven. Do you think the rents are the same 10 years from now? Let's say they are. Because that's the way I do stuff. We're not going to assume values or rents went up. There's still cash flow. We're only borrowing 70% of the value. Now he's got $210,000. Well, they do what you and I would do. They take $10,000 to have a nice vacation and where there's a beach and palm trees and drinks with umbrellas on them. And you know you and I would do the same. They take $200,000 and they buy another duplex. And the reason they did that is because they took the other 100000 and this time they're still happy with the home they bought 10 years earlier. They take the 100000 and now they buy 100000 worth of notes in their own names. And that makes them around $12,000, $13,000 a year. They're netting out about 8000 a year. They take the 8000 plus the cash flow, and you got it. They're paying off that note. He's adding from his salary, which keeps going up, okay? He's now, along with the money that, that uh, he's making at work, the note income outside of the IRAs and the Ross, and, and his cash flow, he pays off that duplex in 10 years. Meanwhile, back at Note Ranch in their own name, at least one of those two, three, or four notes they bought paid off. He only had to pay capital gains tax of 15%, whereupon he bought bigger notes. Now he wasn't making 12 or 13. He was making 14, 15, $16,000 a year. And if more of them paid off, he'd be having more. So he has a free and clear duplex that's given him somewhere between sixteen and twenty thousand a year, like clockwork. He's got his own personal note portfolio in in Jim and Millie's name, that's making him 
maybe $1,500 a month gross before taxes. He's got three Roth accounts that have been buying notes for 20 years, buying notes with the payments from those notes, and having notes turn over every 5, 10, 11, 12 years, whenever they did randomly, never being taxed on the profit, and buying more notes with, with that. In 20 years, if they don't have $100,000, something was really screwed up. They're going to have a lot more than that, but 100000 a year tax-free is what they're going to have from those three entities, and that's worst-case scenario. That's my 38 years of experience with notes. Now, they retire at 60. What does it look like? They have a free and clear duplex giving them 20 grand. They have, that's spending money, right? And people say, well, why do they even have it? It's the bank of Jim and Millie. Anything happens, they need a, they need a quick couple hundred thousand dollars, not going to have a tax impact of any kind. They make a call to their, their lender, they get 200,000 three or four weeks later. Boom, it's there. Whether it's the reason is sad or happy, they have 200,000 just like that. They didn't disturb anything. Who cares about the 20,000? And here's why they don't care. They're getting 100,000 tax-free every year from their Roth notes. And those notes stay inside those Roths. They keep paying off. They keep not being taxed on the profits. They buy bigger notes that have higher monthly payments and it doesn't make 100 anymore. They retire by the time they hit 65. It's significantly and measurably more than 100,000 a year tax-free. And they keep getting those random raises until they're off. They're gone. Now, the EIUL is giving them 100 to 110 at age 60 tax-free until they're 90. Let's call it the bottom end, 100. From notes in their Roth and from their EIUL, which they paid consistently with great discipline, they're making $200,000 a year tax-free by Internal Revenue Code definition. They're making 20 grand a year for spending money. They, they got $1,650 plus a month for spending money. That's going out on dates with each other and having a good time and having staycations. That's nothing money, all right? They have their own portfolio that they, they had going for about 10 years that when they retired was another 15, 20 grand, 25 by the time they got to 50 easily. And that's only going to get bigger. The only difference is the interest they, they get paid on those payments are taxable as if they're not retired like they have a job. Just like they had a job, that's the rates that the interest is paid. And then they have more money as those get paid off. So they were retiring with about $17,000 a month tax-free, about $40,000 a year taxable, and they don't have to do another thing. Works for me. How about you?